The following is a Thunderbolt West Media Production. Chemical warfare, gas in the air, and the importance of shortwave radio. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand, on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Welcome to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I really do appreciate tuning in today. Well, I've received more emails concerning shortwave radio, and so this show I am going to be talking about shortwave radio, and that's going to be towards the latter part of the show. But I think that there's something that needs to be talked about, and I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to get right to it. And the news is not good, and that's why I think I need to start the program with, I think, probably the worst news that I can. And I'm going to be talking extensively about that derailment and the debacle of the response, and I hope that it wasn't done on purpose. I hope that the train derailed because of a mechanical failure and not because of something planned. But I do have to say that I did see a lot of video from security cameras of that train with the axles on fire for a long period of time before it actually derailed. So there was horrible incompetence or evil going on. And like I say, I'm going to be on that extensively. 
But I've been really paying attention to what's going on with the whole world craziness as far as the leaders of the world, I think, have decided, and I really think that the leader of this world, of course, is Satan, and I think that all of his puppets that are claiming to be presidents and premiers and chancellors and prime ministers and whatever they want to call themselves, they're all just glorified puppets. That's all they are. But they are walking in lockstep the same way that they walked in lockstep to shut everybody down during the COVID mess. They're doing the same thing. They want a world war. Now, why do they want a world war? I think for several reasons. I think that the big guy was getting a lot of kickbacks in Ukraine. I think his evil son was too. As well as Republicans and Democrats and Independents and anybody else that thought they could get away with it. And so I think there's a lot of tracks they're trying to cover. Number two, all these quote unquote vaccine, if you want to call that death jab a vaccine, all the deaths that are happening because of horrible medical malpractice. And you have people like Bill Gates, that's not a doctor, that goes out and pushes all sorts of medical procedures. And you have evil criminals like Anthony Fauci and that whole group and all of these gain of function research labs, as far as bio labs, they found them in Ukraine. So don't you suppose that the powers that be that don't want everyone in the world to know that they were making all sorts of viruses to unleash upon us, they were making those in Ukraine? That's another reason to spend billions of dollars to defend Ukraine. We sure love those Ukrainians. We love them so much that we're going to fight till all of them are dead. And also, we love the Ukrainians so much that we're going to put over 30 biolabs in their country. We love the Ukrainian people so much, we're going to prop up an absolute horrible dictator. People say, well, we're fighting for democracy. Well, first of all, the United States is not a democracy. We are a representative republic, and there's nothing democratic about Ukraine. That is an evil dictatorship. If you would just wake up and quit eating all this propaganda that's being spoon-fed to you every day on the news, then you could see for yourself. What I see is that people in the Biden administration have been caught red-handed engaging in an act of terrorism and an act of war against the people of Germany as well as Russia. Because it's the people of Germany that benefited from the pipeline that was sabotaged and blown up. And when the Nord Stream pipeline was blown up, everybody suspected that the United States had some involvement because the United States has the most to gain. Because where are they buying a lot of their natural gas from now? From us. And so that puts a really tight control on Europe, and especially Germany, because Germany is the cornerstone of the European Union as far as manufacturing and also their economy. So if you can control the cornerstone of the European economy and make them dependent on you and make all of your buddies rich and the big guy can get another 10%, I tell you, it just makes me want to vomit. But the price that the world is going to pay because of corrupt criminals, and yes, I'm speaking pretty bold here. I would love to have a real investigation, an impartial third-party investigation of the Biden administration and all of the crimes that they have committed. 
Now, I don't know a whole lot about Russia. I don't know a whole lot about their government. And since they're a government over their people, they're probably just as corrupt in different ways or in the same way. But I do know this. Just because old Bite Me Joe got caught, there's possibly millions of people going to die through nuclear war or starvation or pestilence. All because of this evil man. All because of all of these people that just want to put money in their pocket. And that's all they're doing is putting money in their pocket. And we the people are going to suffer. And so what I wanted to tell everybody is prepare for the worst. And you're going to have to prepare for a long-term type of a siege. Because I am convinced that the battle is going to come to the United States. It's going to come from the skies. I think that our infrastructure is going to disappear. I think our electricity is going to disappear. I know that I sound like I'm a fear monger right now. And believe me, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that as time passes, you can look back at me at this point of my radio career and say, that guy was wrong. I really, really hope and pray that someday you can point at me and say, how wrong were you? But I feel that we're a radio family, and I want to take care of my radio family. When I see danger and when I sense it, I definitely want to tell my radio family to prepare. And I think you're going to have to prepare very fast. If you're not prepped at all, I think that you're going to have a hard time. But make sure you have enough water for drinking and hygiene. Make sure that you have a source of water that you can go to safely and get water that you can either boil or treat and make it drinkable or use that to flush your toilet and, and also to wash yourself. I really think that water is going to become so precious that you don't dare bathe in the water or use it to flush down the drain. Get your food in order. Get everything in order, folks, because the crazies of the world are going to unleash hell on us. I hope to God I'm wrong. But my prayers are with each and every one of you. And now I'm going to turn my attention to the debacle in New Palestine, Ohio. In World War I, there was a chemical weapon that has been banned. It was just a horrible weapon because with that trench warfare, they tried everything they could to get that war to actually move instead of just bogged down. So they did a lot of heinous, horrible things in World War I. And I hope that I'm pronouncing this right. It's spelled P-H-O-S-G-E-N-E. Phosgene is how I'm going to pronounce it. Well, it's highly toxic, and it's a colorless gas, and it does have a strong odor. It can cause vomiting and breathing troubles, but it was used as a weapon in World War I. So one of the chemicals that they floated across the trenches to harm and kill people was this phosgene. I want you to remember that, because it's outlawed under all sorts of chemical weapons treaties. Okay, remember that. We had that train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. And the reports that I'm getting from there are just absolutely evil. And I think it's time that the mainstream media was called to the carpet and also all the environmental groups and pro-humanitarian groups that are absolutely silent on what's really going on in Ohio. 
And there are lots of good people that live in Ohio. And that area happens to be highly populated with Amish. And I'll get back to the Amish here later on in the show. But it's in northeastern, kind of central northeastern Ohio is, is where this derailment took place. Well, there were 50 cars that derailed. Ten of them were carrying hazardous materials. And what were in these cars were vinyl chloride. Now, here's where the evil starts to rear its ugly head. They needed to get the railroad line cleared, and so freight could go through. I understand that, and I think you would understand that. Because after a disaster like that, it could back up the railroad for hundreds, if not thousand miles. I mean, it could just stop everything. And so they had to get the tracks cleared. That I do understand. But how they did it is extremely evil, uncalled for. There needs to be investigations. There needs to be prosecutions. This is a crime against humanity. It's a crime against nature. And unfortunately, the more information that I get, the more I'm inclined to believe that possibly this was a planned event. Now, I hope to God it's not, because if it is, then we are in a lot of trouble in this country, because if they would do this to citizens of the United States in their own homes, none of us are safe. That's why I'm going to be talking about this during this edition of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. Well, I'm going to get you up to speed here, and I'm getting a lot of information from Michael Snyder from themostimportantnews.com. And before I go on with this story, I want to tell you I'm not affiliated with Michael in any way, shape, or form. I've never met him. I never will meet him. We've never corresponded. But I have to report to you that, in my opinion, themostimportantnews.com is possibly the most important news in the world. I think that everyone should visit this site daily. I highly recommend that you pay attention to Michael Snyder. And I think if you're not visiting this site daily, then you're possibly going to be caught unprepared for what's coming. And Michael Snyder seems to be well ahead of the curve. And so, kudos to Michael Snyder. I'm getting a lot of my information from him. I'm getting it from other sources as well, so I'm kind of blending it all together. Anyway, back to the derailment. Well, it derailed on Friday, February 3rd, and here's where the authorities, in my opinion, committed a crime. They decided to release the gas that were in these cars, vinyl chloride, and they slowly released it from five of the cars. Then authorities then ignited the gas for a controlled release of the highly flammable toxic chemicals in a controlled environment. Okay, the controlled environment is what? The general atmosphere? The environment that all of humanity and all of nature would have to breathe in? There's nothing controlled about that environment whatsoever. The wind could blow from whatever direction, at whatever speed. Anyway, it created a very dark plume of smoke, a very ugly plume. Officials then warned that the controlled burn would send that word again. Phosgene and hydrogen chloride into the air. 
Phosgene is a highly toxic, colorless gas that can cause vomiting and breathing trouble, like I said, and was used as a weapon in World War I. I'm going to say that again. They released hydrogen chloride and phosgene into the environment, and it is a chemical weapon that was used in World War I. And now countless people living in Ohio and Pennsylvania will be breathing that in for quite some time. And so, in fact, a weapon of mass destruction has been used on our own people. Now, how do I come to that conclusion? These chemicals are widely known. It is known what they were used for. It's known how dangerous they are. And they willingly ignited it and unleashed it on the citizens of that area. Now, don't you suppose that they could have came in and taken the cars, taken a crane and lifted the cars out of the way? Did they have to do a controlled burn? Wouldn't you think that getting them to a safe location would be more important than burning them in a habitated area? Think about it. These people are either incompetent or evil or both. I think they're criminal. Because I'm going to say again, they have unleashed a weapon of mass destruction on the good people of Ohio and Pennsylvania. I know very strong words, but look at the pictures of what this fire looks like. Look at the pictures of the billowing smoke, the dark ugliness of it, knowing that it's killing everything. Now, I just watched a TikTok video of a young girl, and I would play the audio for you, but her language was, let's say, more than colorful. But she describes that it is in the water, the chemicals are in the water now, and the water is totally contaminated, as is the ground and the air. And she says that in the local rivers, there are schools of dead fish just floating down the river. And also the water has a chemical sheen on top of it, kind of a rainbow-colored sheen. She also describes how the Red Cross has not been there. I haven't verified that. She also says that FEMA has not been there, which I have not verified. And all of the Environmental Protection Agency people have not been there. Again, not verified. But according to a resident of that area, that's what's going on. Now, I know that's just an opinion that off of a video, and maybe those agencies have been there. But she said that she works in another state and that they were supplying food from the restaurant that she worked to the workers there at East Palestine, Ohio, because the Red Cross had not been there and none of the firefighters or anything were actually being cared for and fed. And so it's local businesses that are doing that. Now, if that is the case, and I'm not sure that it is, but if it is, then that would really couple with my findings that this is a chemical weapons attack, and not putting anybody there to really help would also help, in my mind, confirm that this was nefarious. Now, this vinyl chloride that has been released is a proven cause of liver cancer and a whole bunch of other cancers. And that's according to the National Cancer Institute. And that's used in making PVC pipes. And apparently, 
the PVC pipe makers were getting rare liver cancers, and it was linked to that chemical that they released on the public in East Palestine, Ohio. And the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency sent a letter to Norfolk Southern, the railroad, stating that there were other very harmful chemicals that were in those rail cars, and they were breached and or were on fire. And one of the chemicals that are very worrisome is called ethylhexyl acrylate, and it's a carcinogen, and it can really hurt your skin and add burning and irritation into your eyes and into your lungs. Nobody should be anywhere near where this wreck happened. And I mean anywhere near, as in several hundred miles. This absolutely is one of the most nasty environmental, if you want to call it accidents, in the history of our country, if you want to just look at chemical spills. This is very, very bad. But of course, the environmentalists are still out there saying that your lawnmower is destroying the earth, and if you cook on a natural gas stove, you're destroying the earth. But where are these people about this derailment that has already put more deadly things in the atmosphere than I would imagine that there's more pollution wet in the air from this than a hundred years of people using lawnmowers, maybe even two hundred years. This is a very ugly, ugly situation. And Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's in the government, she said East Palestine, Ohio is undergoing an ecological disaster because authorities blew up the train derailment cars carrying hazardous chemicals and the press are being arrested for trying to tell the story. Now, I didn't know that. And she goes on to say, Oh, but UFOs? Now, anyone that's trying to tell the real story of this train derailment are getting arrested and hassled because of their reporting. Now, of course, the people that would be down there reporting would be mostly from what I would consider the new truth media because the dinosaur media doesn't care anything about you or me. Because remember, they're all bought and paid for by Pfizer. And all of this just reeks. Michael Snyder wrote that perhaps that they think because most of the people that live in East Palestine are poor, they can get away with treating them like dirt. And I think that there's an awful lot of truth into that. But he also goes on to say that we now live in the age of social media, and a lot of Americans want to make sure that this catastrophe will never be forgotten. And I sure hope that he's right, but we need to get it out there right now. What's happening? And how this could be happening to our own people, done to our own people, by our own people, is just maddening. I hope I pronounced this name right. A person named Sil Kajeno, who is a hazardous material specialist, said that we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. And apparently Norfolk Southern is paying the town a whopping $25,000 in reparations. That's $5 per resident that they are paying for their horrible derailment. And a lot of people are going to die because of this derailment. It's going to cause an awful lot of suffering. And it's been reported that hundreds of fish have turned up in Leslie Run, which is five miles away from the derailment. And the EPA has acknowledged that fish are dying, but it stressed that the well water remains safe to drink. Do you believe the EPA on that? 
Well, I don't. And a person named Amanda Brashears, who lives 10 miles away from the chemical fire, she went out to feed her chickens. After the derailment, she found them all dead. And she says, my video camera footage shows my chickens were perfectly fine before they started this burn. And as soon as they started the burn, my chickens slowed down and they died. If we can do this to chickens in one night, imagine like what it's going to do to us in 20 years. I think that's horrible. I think that's horrible what these people have done. I think it is an act against nature. I think it's a crime against humanity, a crime against nature. But yet reporters are being highly discouraged from reporting on this incident. Why? It is a nightmare, and it's not going to end anytime soon. And Michael Snyder goes on to say that last year there was a movie that was released about the same type of disaster in the exact area of Ohio. I think that's startling that there was a film put out that had that same type of scenario. But I think global events are starting to really spin out of control, and that's exactly what Michael Snyder writes in the most important news.com. So I would invite you to visit his website, take a look at the pictures and watch the videos. And also there's other places reporting. But the mere fact that authorities would actually light this on fire, knowing full well what they were doing, is extremely disturbing. And equally disturbing is the fact that they're trying to cover it up. And agencies such as the EPA saying there's nothing to worry about. I've been stressing for the last several episodes that we are all alone. There is no cavalry coming over the hill to save us. And this is absolutely positive proof that what I've been saying is true. I really do believe there's a mass extermination event happening. I think they want all of God's creation dead. And I think that they don't care how they do it. And if this was done on purpose to kill people and animals and plant life and insects and birds, if this was done on purpose, then it is truly satanic and none of us are safe in any area of this country. And you add to the fact that there's 30-some bioweapons labs in Ukraine, and also the fact that the Ukrainian army has been using chemical warfare that's outlawed by the Geneva Convention, that's outlawed by every world body, that the Ukrainians are using drones to spray these chemicals on Russian soldiers. There's been a Pandora's box opened, and it's extremely ugly. The Bible talks about unleashing these horrible, satanic beings bound under the river Euphrates. And the Bible talks about the four horsemen, talks about all sorts of things that happen to mankind at the hands of mankind. And the Bible talks about mass genocide and and huge amounts of people dying. And I think that we are at that point where this is getting biblical. Now, I did mention the Amish. I didn't forget about it. I want to just put this out here, just food for thought. The only group of people that would really survive an EMP attack and really survive being basically knocked back into a different era of, let's say, 200 years ago, if we all had to live like people lived in 1850, 
there's one group of people that would be able to do that effortlessly. Because even though they're more modern than that now, they still remember the old ways and they're also capable of doing it the old-fashioned way. And that's the Amish. And I read this from just a post out of a comment section. And so all this is a random thought of just someone that read an article that was wondering out loud if maybe this was not a chemical attack on the Amish because the Amish do inhabit that area of Ohio. And that would make the Amish land infertile. That would kill the Amish livestock. Because the Amish population is pretty well situated in between this derailment and this disaster all the way into Pennsylvania. And it seems that the prevailing winds and just the direction that all of these chemicals are going directly over the top of the Amish. And so this person was speculating that possibly the Amish were being taken out because they would be a great hope for us as Americans to lean on and to learn from. Now, I'm not saying that I believe that, but I am saying that in this climate of evil and the heavy influence of Satan everywhere you look, that if that was the case, if that was true, it would not surprise me. Now, again, that's just one person's opinion off of a comment section, off of a website. So you can give it whatever credibility you want to give it. But I did want to put that out there because that's thinking outside of the box. And we're going to have to think outside the box to stay ahead of these evil people. And these people knew how toxic that was. They knew how evil it was. But they still did it. And so, folks, it's going to be a rough ride buckle up. And when I come back after the break, I'll be talking about shortwave radio. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners Give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, 
Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Welcome back to the second half of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun, and I do thank you for listening today. Before I get into my next topic, I do want to say a big thank you to all those who have donated to keep this show on the air. I really do appreciate it, and it's because of donations that I'm able to keep this show going. So if you've never donated to this show before, but you do think it holds some value, I would appreciate it if you would at least consider donating because it is a month-to-month issue of keeping this show on the air. And I do want to say a very special thank you to all those who have sent in a contribution. I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Well, I've had several people contact me wanting me to talk about shortwave radio. They really didn't expound on what they wanted me to say, so I'm just going to kind of give you an overview of what I think of shortwave radio where its future is, and why I do believe you need to have a shortwave radio. But more important than that, learn how to use it. I know that sounds silly, learning how to use a radio. But listening to shortwave is different than listening to the AM and FM bands on your radio. And the programs are going to be different, and the timings are going to be different. The reception is going to be different. There's lots of subtle differences between the medium wave stations, and the short wave stations. And I want to disclose right now that I have not listened to AM or FM for over two years. I got sick of the propaganda. I got sick of the lies. 
I got sick of the indoctrination. And so I decided that after hearing for the 10 millionth time that it was my fault that the planet is going to burn up into a cinder and all the little fat kids that I see running around are actually starving to death and it's my fault. After being indoctrinated with that, I decided that it was time to get out of that world and jump back into a world that I remembered as a kid. And I've been listening to shortwave literally since I was old enough to walk. I remember just being old enough to turn on our shortwave radio set and turning the dial. And every once in a while, you pick up really a heavy band of static, something that sounds really growly, kind of like maybe an engine running. And I remember as a little kid, I thought those were UFOs. And so I would tune in the radio and I'd hear one of these sounds and it would actually terrify me. And I'd run away from the radio. and It would be stuck on that hideous sound that was coming in from who knows where. And so I have very fond memories of shortwave radio. And I think that shortwave is the wave of the future. Now that may sound silly, but I do believe that I'm right. Just like I think ham radio is our future. I really do. And as long as we have ham operators out there that are maintaining equipment, then we are going to be able to communicate. I know that amateur radio was hurt pretty bad by the internet with people not interested in buying all the equipment and going through what they had to do to become amateur radio operators. They just simply just use the internet. But the internet is really fragile, and the internet is extremely controlled. You take those two elements together, the fragility and also the control. Then throw in a little bit of spice on the top, which is the cost that it costs you every month for your internet service. And I know that you can do more with the internet than you can off of amateur radio. But it is the hams out there, the amateur radio people, who are going to be our go-to. They are going to be the ones that are not going to go away. They're the ones that are inventive. They're the ones that have a creative spirit. They're the ones that, come hell or high water, they're going to broadcast. They're going to communicate. And when everyone's smartphone quits and everyone's internet quits, you're going to have a small but dedicated army of ham operators that are going to be the salvation of the world as far as communication is concerned. Now, I've been asked many times if I'm a ham operator. No, I'm not. But I have deep respect for all those who are. And so when you're talking about shortwave, you have to basically start with your ham operators. Because I do feel there's going to be a time where certain people that want to be informed that have the right equipment, as in shortwave, will be able to gather around the radio, just like their grandparents and great-grandparents did in World War II, to get all the war news that's coming out of Europe. That's how we are going to get our news, folks. From the ham operators and also the brave souls that own shortwave stations. So if you've ever considered getting into ham radio, I do believe now is the time. I think it's a great hobby, and also I think you're going to be doing mankind a service. I really do. Now I'm going to talk about the shortwave stations. And I can only talk to you about the ones that I really know about. And the ones that are in the United States are the ones that I listen to the most. But there are great shortwave radio stations all over the world. And it's these stations that sell airtime to the average people, such as myself, 
Bob Behrman, Hal Turner, Pastor Butch, Alex Jones, Beth Ann. There are so many people that are buying airtime. There are a lot of patriots that are buying airtime to try to bring you the truth. And so I have to say thank God for our shortwave radio stations. Thank God for the ownership and the management at these stations. Now, I broadcast on WRMI, and I broadcast on WBCQ. And I'm going to tell you right now that the folks at WRMI are the salt of the earth. They're absolutely wonderful people. And if you knew what they had to go through to keep on the air through hurricanes and all sorts of things, and also the array of antennas they have is just amazing. And then I have to talk about WBCQ, talking about amazing antennas. They have what I consider the state-of-the-art antenna of all stations. It's just wonderful. And the staff and management at WBCQ is also the salt of the earth. They're absolutely fabulous people. They all care about free speech, and they are there for us. You don't have any idea how much electricity it costs to pump the wattage that they do out into the ether so we can listen for free. Each year, the smallest broadcasting company pays over $100,000 easily for electricity per year. And the very large ones pay over a million a year just for electricity alone. That doesn't take in the cost of maintenance of their equipment. And you just can't go get shortwave transmitting equipment anywhere. It's very highly sophisticated. It has to be really rugged. And also it takes technicians to operate it. And so there's lots of expenses into maintaining the shortwave stations. And so I have to mention it here that if you are a shortwave listener, you might consider sending donations to the stations themselves because they're doing us a huge service. You might not miss that five or ten bucks, but if a lot of people would send five or ten dollars to each of the shortwave radio stations, that would sure help their bottom line. And of course, everyone that broadcasts on shortwave, we are all self sponsored. And so we all do rely on your donations. Now, some, such as Alex Jones, also has a sponsor, but they're still self-sponsored because they buy all the products that they sell. And so everybody's effort on shortwave radio is from the heart, and it's real. I don't care who you listen to. I don't care what station you tune into. I don't care who you listen to. They all believe in what they're doing, and they're all putting their money where their mouth is. And then there's also some excellent musical programs. I have my new show that's called Harmony Barn Sessions. And there's a plethora of great music out there that's on shortwave. You just need to find out when and where, and then you can hear some very good musical programs. And the music you're going to hear is going to be different than what you're going to hear that same 20 songs over and over and over that you get on commercial AM and FM. On shortwave, you're going to hear a whole different world of music, songs you've never heard before, songs that will actually pique your imagination. And so I love listening to music on shortwave because you don't know what you're going to get, which I think that's wonderful. I've discovered some of the best musicians on the planet have their music played on shortwave. But again, you have to know where and when. You just don't turn on a shortwave radio and expect to tune in to your top 40 station. It's not going to be there. Now, my music show is also on WRMI and also on WBCQ 
on Radio Angela. And Radio Angela has absolute wonderful music. Bill does a great job with Radio Angela, and he's got a great lineup of music. So I really do think you should tune in. But most people go on shortwave, not for music. They go on for information. You're going to get information first on shortwave. Nobody on shortwave is owned by anybody else. We're all independent. We all do our own thing. We don't walk in lockstep. We all have our own places we go to get information. We all have our own sources. And also, we have nobody telling us, you can't say that. So we go ahead and say it. So if you really want to be informed, if you get a routine down of different people on shortwave radio, you will stay extremely well informed. As a matter of fact, I just heard from Rob, and he told me that he's been listening to shortwave, and so he can get the real news of what's really happening in the world, because that's where he gets it, is on shortwave. And to that, I say, amen. Rob is absolutely 100% right. That is where you're going to get the truth. And so you have to go to shortwave radio, because that's where you're going to get the truth. And also, shortwave radio is extremely Christian. There's a plethora of pastors and also Christian teaching type shows, sermons, Christian music. You'll find that there's some really good teaching that's taking place on shortwave. Now, there are going to be some people on the fringe on shortwave, and that's going to be the people that would be, whether they be Christian or whether they be music or whether it be just talk radio, there are some fringe elements on shortwave. And sometimes the fringe elements are more informative than the others, and other times they're just kind of out there. But the beauty of shortwave is that it is offered, and it is there. And I have my favorite music shows I listen to. I have my favorite talk shows I listen to. I have my favorite Christian programming that I listen to. I have my favorite foreign broadcasts that I listen to. There's some awesome things you can hear from South America and Europe and Africa and just all over the world. There's an awful lot of things that people have to offer that they're offering it on shortwave. And you won't hear those offerings on the internet. They might be there, but you won't be able to find them. But you'll be able to find them on shortwave. Now, if you have the internet, you can combine the internet and shortwave and have quite a listening experience. As a matter of fact, my favorite shows that I listen to on shortwave, about half the time, if they do have their show on the internet, I will listen to them on internet. I didn't mention KVOH out in Los Angeles that has Christian programming, and it's very good. And I also didn't mention WWCR, which started out as Worldwide Country Radio out of Nashville, Tennessee, but now it's Worldwide Christian Radio. And WWCR does a great service throughout the central part of the United States, because out of all of those that I mentioned, most times of the day, it's WWCR that comes in the clearest at my location. Now, combining internet with shortwave, there is a website I want you to write down. I'm going to say this twice, and I'm going to say it slow. So get something to write with, and also if you're listening to this on a podcast or on a tape delay of some sort, or if you have it recorded where you can just Simply hit rewind. But write down W, E is in Elmer, B is in boy, S, D is in dog, R, dot, O-R-G. So I'm going to say it as a word, Webster.org. 
Again, W-E-B-S-D-R dot org. And if you're a fan of shortwave radio, I think you'll really get a kick out of this website. So you go onto this website, and you'll see that there are very many stations that are offered from all over the world. And it'll also tell you the frequency range that they cover on their website. Well, you go over to the left-hand side, and it's got their web address. You click on that, and some of them are different than others. You have to kind of learn how to use this site. But most of them generally use the same type of a layout. You want to click on All Bands, and so it'll show everything that they're capable of receiving, and then start the audio. They have Firefox audio and Chrome audio, and I usually click Chrome. And I don't know, I've never clicked the other one, but it works well on Chrome with my computer, so that's what I use. Then you'll have all the bands there in front of you, and it'll show you the signals. And some of the better sites actually have the signals labeled as what they are. But what you're doing is listening to shortwave from that location. And so if there's a signal that's coming in in Pennsylvania, that's not coming in in Nebraska, I can simply go to the listening station there in Pennsylvania and click on that and listen to my show. I can go to Asia and Europe and Africa and North and South America, the entire globe. Shortwave listening is very enjoyable and it's also very informative, but you do have to learn how to do it. And going back to the website that I'm talking about that you can listen from anywhere in the world, will give you a great idea of the different programs that are out there. And as long as we have internet, I do think you should visit this site regularly. And in this way, you'll find out where all the stations are broadcasting, what frequencies they're on. And if you don't visit this website, you can go to the websites of the radio stations themselves. And the main ones in the United States would be WWCR, WBCQ, WRMI, and KVOH. I know there's a few others, but those are the main ones I just mentioned. And there are times that you can listen to WBCQ out of Maine, and you can hear them just fine in California. Now, how do I know that? Because I go back to that website, and I listen from Los Angeles or San Francisco. There are times it comes in crystal clear. Now, the next night, it might not come in at all. That's the downside of short wave. It can be very unpredictable because of weather patterns and sunspots and just basically how the atmospheric conditions are. And so short wave does have its limitations, but I think its benefits far outweigh its limitations for sure. Now, for people that do not have internet, you're going to have to just use trial and error to find stations that you want to listen to. But don't try it once and just give up and say, there's nothing on, I'm not going to listen to that again. Because you have to understand, a lot of broadcasters have weekly shows. They might be on on a Tuesday. And so you tune in Wednesday to listen to them and they're not there. Because they're only on once a week. Because since you have to buy your own time, it gets very expensive. And only the more established broadcasters can afford the airtime to buy more than one or two days a week. And so there's quite a lot of programming on shortwave that is only once per week. And so you're going to have to dedicate yourself to find out just what is out there. And if you don't have any way to get a schedule of what's out there, you just have to listen. 
and I suggest you keep a listening log and write down what you listened to and where you heard it as far as what frequency. And you can also write the reception, whether it was poor, good, or excellent. And also, every hour, the stations do identify themselves, and you can write down what station is on what frequency. But I can't stress enough that your equipment has to be decent. You can go out and buy a $20 little radio, and you're going to get very poor performance. I have a very cheap little shortwave that I bought. I spent $18 on it, and all I could get was WWCR. That's all I could get. Every once in a while, WRMI would kind of fade in and out, but I just kept it on WWCR. And when WWCR ceased broadcasting on that frequency, I would just shut the radio off because I couldn't pick up anything else. I have a better unit that's quite a bit better that I can pick up almost anything I want to listen to, but it doesn't have a digital dial, and so it's really hard to know exactly what frequency you're on. So I would recommend that you buy something that has a digital dial so you can perfectly dial in the frequency you're looking for. And I'd spend the extra money to get a unit that's actually going to have some performance. And it's my personal opinion that you buy a radio that's capable of having an external antenna. And then you can experiment with the antennas. I know that different lengths of antennas will help bring in certain different frequencies better than others. But if you have a cheaper radio that that has one of those telescoping antennas, if you want to increase your reception, take some 16 or 18 gauge automotive wiring and leave it in its sheath. In other words, keep that rubber covering on the wire and so you don't have bare wire contacting your antenna and loop about a foot of that wire around your telescoping antenna and then just take the remainder of the wire on the spool, whether it be 10 feet or 15 feet or what have you, and then just simply string that out. It would be a good thing to go around an outside window in your house and either attach it by your window or on the window frame. Now, the reason you don't want to have metal contacting your antenna because it's going to cause everything to get too hot and overmodulate, and it'll pick up lots of static and things you don't want. But it seems like having that little barrier of the rubber sheath around the wiring keeps you from having those problems, but yet your telescoping antenna can reach through that rubber into that wire, and that will extend your antenna. And there are places in your house that will get better reception than other places. I have three places in my house that I can listen to shortwave really, really well. But if I move my radio 10 feet in any direction, I'll totally lose the signal that I'm listening to. And so I do know there are little intricacies. You have to learn where to listen and how to listen and when to listen. And so there is definitely a learning curve. And I'm going to give you my opinion on shortwave radio. Every house should have one. Everyone should have the ability to have shortwave. And once you acquire a taste for shortwave and also take up the challenge of shortwave, and it is challenging at times to pull in the stations that you want to pull in. So it's not automatic. You have to put a little time in. But if you put the time and effort and find out where in your house is the best reception and what your best choices of antennas are, and the places to put the antenna and the length, there is some thought that has to go into this. But there's also satisfaction that you get when you start gaining, and you learn how to listen to shortwave, and you learn what programs out there and the ones you want to listen to. Once you get past that stage, 
shortwave radio is absolutely wonderful. But again, I have to stress, if you just buy a shortwave and turn it on once and flip through the dial and hear a bunch of static, you're going to go, oh, that didn't work. And that is not the way to listen to shortwave. You have to dedicate probably about 30 days of learning how to use your shortwave equipment. You're going to have to spend at least 30 days of listening before you really know the ropes on how to listen to shortwave. That's why this website, I think, is really important. It'll give you a very good heads up and a head start. Because like I say, a lot of the frequencies are already marked. And so you'll know exactly where to go to tune in the station that you want to tune in. I'll be revisiting shortwave listening very soon because there's lots of interest in that. But to those that are listening to this show on shortwave, I salute you. I don't think that you're old-fashioned at all. I think that you're cutting edge. Because I think this world is in trouble. And I think the most reliable and solid method that we're going to be able to use to communicate and to get our information is going to be shortwave. And to you podcast listeners, I really think you need to invest in shortwave. Take the time to learn how to use it. Because we're only one EMP attack away from being put in a whole different era as far as technology. And I know that shortwave is very old technology as far as technology is concerned. But in my opinion, I think that is where the best radio is happening, is on shortwave. Well, I hope you got something from this show today. I really appreciate bringing the shows to you, whether you listen on shortwave or AM and FM, or if you're a podcast listener, I do appreciate it. This show only comes to you by your generous donations. And again, I want to thank those who do donate because that really does help tremendously. And without your support, this show is not going to be on the air. I take checks and money orders, and you could write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143, and all donations are very much appreciated. Well, thank you for tuning in today. Until next time, everyone stay safe. Get prepared. Learn how you can be self-sufficient in any way you can. Stay in prayer. Keep your powder dry. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.